0: Hi, friends! Welcome to Season 2. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. It's true, not everyone is an Enneagram 1 perfectionist, but it is my firm belief that our world today suffers from a lot of the destructive and deceptive lies that perfectionism has to offer. That is why this podcast will encourage, empower, and uplift you. I welcome you warmly to the month of November and invite you to participate in my gratitude giveaway. Simply email vanessa at bodysoulandmind.info and share with me something specific that you are grateful to God for this month. I'll throw in an extra entry for you if what you're grateful for is unique and or thoughtful. We've been through a lot these past few months and I think a good dose of gratitude would do the soul good. I personally like to start my gratitude practice with the small and mundane and work my way up to the awesome and spectacular. It's a lot of fun so I hope you'll give it a try. We have a good God and a phenomenal creator so it should be easy to find something to thank him for. forgot to tell you about the prize. The winner of the November gratitude giveaway will win a copy of a brand new book called More Power to You. I chose this book because Margaret Feinberg is one of my favorite authors and her book is filled with powerful declarations of truth that will be sure to help you through this difficult time. Life really is hard but I've learned that when you cast out the lies and live in the truth of who God has created you to be, You live in your purpose, and you live free from the chains of this fallen world. I am so thrilled to bring you this episode today. My prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged as much as I have been. Let's dive in. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Jennifer Riles. She is a wife, mother, and writer. She spends her time reading, walking, and chasing her eight-month-old around. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer.
1: Thanks for so much for having
0: me here. So, I was reading over some of the things you sent me, and I really love your message of hope. Uh, knowing that your worth comes from Jesus only. And I love how you said, our worth comes from Jesus, not from any satisfaction you might seek elsewhere. Uh, and that is so well put. Uh, tell me, when did you first discover, you know, that idea that your worth came from Jesus?
1: Um, well, I wish that I could say it was like a specific day. Like people say all the time, you know, this is when I was saved, like the day and the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, it was much more of a like slower process. Um, I've been a Christian for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I was graduating college that I really kind of, um, dove deeper into that. Um, and so it was kind of started there and then through, um, like the last four or so years that I've, um, just dug really deep into God's word and, um, really just kind of like, started living in the truth of that, um, and started really, um, parsing together, um, his message, which is, you know, you find your satisfaction in me and everything else is just always going to fall short. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's basically how I came to discover that is just this really slow process of, um, a daily walk with God.
0: Yeah. So do you feel that that's um, acknowledgement or realization that your, you know, your worth is found in him. Like, how has that helped you? What, what has it shifted for you?
1: Um, it's really shifted, um, kind of an acknowledgement of, um, this kind of people pleasing mindset that I have had that I don't know that I really realized I had Mm -hmm. until I came to this other realization of my worth in Christ. Because for a long time, you know, everything I did, I can look back now and say, everything I did basically was based off of other people's opinions of me or just seeking their approval or just, you know, looking, looking to fill that, that need that I had that, you know, other people can't fill except for Jesus. Mm. Um, and you know, that leads, that leads to some crazy things. Um, I can look back now and see that there was a, a brief period of like very borderline um, I don't want to say eating disorder because it wasn't really, but very, very closely to that type mm-hmm. of, type of attitude and mentality. Um, and I can look back now and say that that, that's what that was because I think that that period in time was kind of like searching for that identity, um, after a really, really hard breakup that I'd went through, um, and just, you know, searching for that, that something, like, this will make me, this will make me worthy if I, don't eat this stuff, then that will make me worthy. If I Mm. run every day, then that will make me worthy. Mm. But that's obviously not how it works. And, you know, you say obviously, like, everybody knows that. But clearly, even people that know that may not know it on the inside.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. You hit on so many good things. I can relate very well to that. Um, Even when it comes to weight and fitness and food and all that stuff, uh, and I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people know that, but they don't know it at the same time. You know, like it's, it's so big that it's bigger than them. Like they can't even realize that they're in it. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Yeah, it, it's, from my experience, living that way is very destructive. It and is. that, for me, that's why I tie in people pleasing with perfectionism because when you really examine what perfectionism is it's this trying to do things a certain way so that you can ex- you can escape from like shame or blame or you know ridicule or you know just not fitting in like you're trying to fit in you're tr- and the reason why you're trying to fit in is so that you can feel better so you're mm-hmm. you're not so on edge or anxious or uh, just, I can't think of the right word, but, oh, like insecure, right? Being insecure is painful. It's tiring. And like you said, too, like you can be aware of it and still not really know what, what to do with it, how to get out of it. Um, and you know, I've been there as well, where I know I don't need to be insecure. In any way, shape, or form, but sometimes I'll notice, "Oh, you're being insecure right now," <laughs> and so when I notice that, um, I kind of I'll just stop and pause, and say, "Okay, this that I'm feeling right now is false. Like it's not true. I'm basing it off of things that are not true, and therefore I don't need to give them any weight." Um, and then remind myself of what the truth is. Um, And like you said, you know, the truth is found in God's word. So, and so I will go back to something that I've read in the Bible that shows me the truth about myself or about how God views me and things like that. So anyway, um, you shared with me that your struggle, and we're kind of already talking about this, is with being concerned about what others think of you. So, and like I said, we, we kind of did already go into this, but are there some other examples besides maybe like the food thing where you're noticing, oh, I'm, I'm caring about what they think. Like I'm changing my behavior or my speech or whatever, because so-and-so might not react to it well or whatever.
1: Oh yeah. Um, if I had a dime for every time I had that thought in my head, we would be, we would be living large. Um, <laughs> but uh, the one thing that I think of is when I meet new people, um, and this, you know, we moved to up from Memphis um, in 2019, I think 2019, um, I don't know what the dates, dates are, what are dates anymore? Yeah, um, <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> but when we moved here, we, you know, obviously met a lot of new people, because we didn't know anyone here. Um, and so one of the things that I noticed kind of when I would have conversations with people at church specifically was just kind of overthinking things. And after we would have a conversation with a couple or something, we'd, I'd be driving back home and I would just be replying it over in my head, like, oh no, maybe they didn't react that well. Or, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I hope, that they, I hope they didn't take that that way. I didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. Or just kind of like really getting into my head about every little thing and just really worrying about how I was being perceived by them instead of worrying about, you know, did I really bring my, my real self here, my true self, you know, my really, am I really kind of opening up a little bit, not all the way, but like opening up to let them see who I am so they can kind of get to know me like the real me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what, that is the reason why is because that's really difficult. Um, and I, I try to do the same thing. And I, I admit, I think probably three years ago, I was a lot better at it because I was very much, it was like brand new to me. Like, oh, okay. I'm not going to shrink. I'm going to just be me. And if there's people that don't like me, that's okay. Because we don't have to, you know, be everybody's cup of tea and, and they don't have to all like me. We can still be friendly. Um, you know, it's not like everyone has to yeah. be my best friend or something. So I feel like I was better at it a few years back and now like when you don't practice things or you're not as aware of them or you're not as focused on them, you kind of get out of practice. Mm -hmm. But that vulnerability is what's necessary. And yet when you are vulnerable, you do open yourself up to pain. And so it's like a natural reaction to recoil, you know, and like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get hurt. I don't, I don't want to feel pain. Um,
1: Yeah, it's like, ooh, this seems a little too close to home for me. We're going to just back away here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then it doesn't really help anything. It doesn't make anything better because, as you said, you're not being your true self. You're not being the person that God created you to be. And therefore, you're kind of shortchanging the people around you Mm -hmm. because God wants you to live, you know, as he created you. He wants you to live in his fullness. So when we back down, we hide, you know, we kind of just get by, right? We don't, we don't say too much. We don't say too little, just enough to, okay, I don't think I bothered anybody. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Oh, man.
1: That explains my thought process really well, because I don't know if you're familiar with Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram nine. And so my, basically my goal in life is don't rock the boat. (laughs) Right. Don't make the waves any higher than they have to be. Just keep it even keel and everybody will be fine. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to allow ourselves to open up if we're really going to dive deep into friendship. And that's one of the things that I've really had to learn the hard way is, you know, just seeing if I don't, if I don't go a little bit deeper myself, then people aren't probably going to go deeper with me. They mm-hmm. are probably aren't going to open up if I don't first open up too. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on that note, you know, I've noticed for me, I'm not so concerned about meeting new people anymore or like, oh, I wonder what they're going to think of me. That's not really, um, which I, which I'm happy about, but it's not really something that, affects me too much. And I might think it for a second, but I'm like, Oh, well, pfft, that doesn't matter. As long as you are yourself, then you're fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I find that it's kind of shifted into something different per- in particular in like church, well, you know? Um, not that it's only in church, but my concern isn't about like, do they accept me as much as it is? Am I being a good witness, like. If I share that I'm struggling, will that hinder someone? Or if I say I'm fine, but really I need prayer, you know, is that the right thing to do? And I I don't really have the exact answers for that. And so that's why it's like a teeter-totter, you know, like I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens. But what do you think? Do you feel that struggle?
1: I do. I absolutely do. Um, I was actually thinking about this just the other day, Um, and, you know, there's, there's so much going on, especially right now, but even in regular times, there's so much going on in people's lives that we don't know about, or that they tell us over a Bible study, and you just think, oh, wow, that's really, that's like really something happening, and, you know, you know, all I have is this, this little thing over here on the side, I don't, you know, I can't, they can't possibly you know, take this on too for their, for their prayer list. Um, Mm. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to be fully engaged in our communities and fully, fully ourselves again, being our, our real true selves, if we're not being honest with people. And especially, I think now it's, it's better, it's better to just be honest about how you really are doing. And I I say that as I don't, and I don't practice it because it's really hard to do that sometimes to, to be the one that's like, Hey, you know, I know, I know that you're having this really hard thing going on in your life right now. But, you know, I have really hard days. It's really hard for me to cope with all of this, and I need you. I need you guys to help me. I need you to for me. Yeah, um, I agree. Example of that is just recently, I found myself. Sundays are the worst days of the week for me right now. I, it's because those are those are the days that look the most different during this pandemic quarantine. Um, isolation, all of that stuff, everything just seems so much more different on Sundays than it does any other day of the week. So this past Sunday, I found myself driving home from the grocery store because that's the day we have to do our grocery shopping now. Because there's fewer people at the stores on Sundays. Um, and I just found myself like almost coming to tears, like actual real tears, just thinking like this grief was just coming over me again about how everything has changed. And, you know, I haven't talked about this with a whole lot of people. Um and it's hard. It's hard to be the one that's like, hey, I need help. I need you guys to to come together with me, even though you've got stuff going on too. And we need to we need to link arms together.
0: hmm Yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree. I really I, and I've been there too. There's been many times when I'm in the grocery store and I just I'm I just get so overwhelmed with grief that I have tears in my eyes you know as i'm pushing through the aisle i'm just like ooh you know and i i often feel guilty for the way that i feel you know like what you were saying um oh there's somebody that always has a harder you know and and maybe but it doesn't it, I, like i go back and forth on that one too cuz it's like yeah that's right and maybe i need to focus on helping someone else right now and Uh, you know, forget about what I'm feeling, you know, Um, but then I also have a problem with that because I think if God says he loves all of his children, then aren't I included in that? Like, aren't I supposed to be encouraged as well as encourage others? Like, isn't it supposed to be, we all do it together? And I don't think that that is what the, the culture is today, the Christian culture. Um, Because I personally, and it could just be, you know, my perception of things, but I personally feel like if I am real and honest and say, no, I'm not having a good time. I'm really upset right now. Um, People usually just try to calm me down and, and, uh, you know, tell me that I need to be grateful Instead mm-hmm. of admitting that they have hard times too, because we're all worried about keeping up this appearance that like we have Jesus. So now everything's fine. Yeah. And while in a sense that is absolutely true, that's an eternal sense. And while we're on this earth, there's going to be a lot of times we're not fine. And yeah. I feel like me personally, I feel like I'm not allowed to not be fine, and it bothers me. And yeah. so I encourage fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to be vulnerable and honest with each other so that we can actually be the church the way that Jesus intended the church to be. Um, he did never say that the church is a place where you come and you have to... Um, have everything together and you're not allowed to ever complain or say that you're struggling, you know, like that's for other people, (laughs) you know, like they're allowed to, and we can come around them. But if you've been in the church your whole life, you should be fine by now, you know, and it's not true. And it's, it's a lie that is, I think it's very much alive and well it's, and it's a lie that really affects I think, long-time believers um, because – and they've been conditioned into it and they don't even realize, like, why they can't share what they want to share and they keep it all secret. But that's what it is. It's because we feel like we're we're letting Jesus down if we have a problem. (laughs) And by sharing it with others that they're going to go, oh, well, then you must not have enough faith. (laughs) right i mean i i really that that's how it feels to me and that's why i said you know i'm like gosh you know it's true with jesus i am okay because i have salvation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i have promises but that doesn't mean that i'm still not human and that i still don't have hard times um and that i'm still not perfect and if you look That's the thing, too. If you look in the Bible and you look at God's people, the ones who were doing the work, the ones who were sharing the message, right, Um, the disciples themselves, did they have easy lives? Of course not. No, they didn't. So why do we think that if you are a Christian, your life is supposed to be good? And if it's not good, then you're not a very good Christian. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it comes back to that perfectionism thing. Um, You know, we have this standard of, uh, well, my life has to look perfect. I don't have to be perfect and all put together, but my life has to look perfect on the outside. Mm -hmm. I have to have the appearance of perfection. And my husband and I were watching The Office last night, and it was the episode where Jim and Pam get married. Mm -hmm. um, And it comes out that she's pregnant, and the grandmother says – uh, something to the effect of, um, "Well, I don't want to live in a world where people aren't perfect." Yes, yes. And I, I at my husband and thought, "Oh my gosh, I'm so so glad that is not true. Mm-hmm. I would never be able to measure up if everybody had to be perfect. If, if there were actually perfect people out there, I would never ever be part of that cool cool kids club because." Mm-hmm perfection is just so out of reach for
0: so many people everybody. Well, it, it's it's out of reach for everybody the yeah. only perfect person was Jesus and I'm going to say this even though I've probably said it before because I think it's really important that we well now I can't remember it so I'm gonna have to <laughs> come back <laughs> We'll back figure around. that out but um goodness what was it it was like oh it's so important and now I can't remember what it was wow that's going real good so we're gonna have to edit that real well <laughs> I don't know it's like how did that fall for no reason <sighs> and it's blinking it's being weird is it broken I hope not oh man it's like flashing these different colors at me. Hold on. Oh, no. Now come back here. Sorry, that's the good thing. You don't have to be perfect, right?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: <laughs> you can have a microphone crash and you can forget what you were going to say. and hmm. And I really can't remember what I was going to say still. I really can't. What was it? I sure don't know. Hmm. Oh, well, I guess I just won't say it. So (laughs) let's jump through uh, to this. Okay. So I know that one of your goals is to write a book in 2021. So can you share with us a little bit about your book to be?
1: Well, we've talked a little bit about it already. Um, And it's basically about, I mean, the, the really simplified version is, our worth is found in Jesus and it's found nowhere else and people pleasing is not going to get you the, that feeling of worth that you, that you want, that you're seeking. Um, cause I think a lot of times we just, we kind of go through life and we are seeking this, this worthy feeling like I'm, I'm good enough. Like now I'll be good enough mm-hmm. or now I'll be whatever enough, smart enough, funny enough, you know, you fill in the blank enough, um, and we just constantly are just chasing after that enoughness. And we just never feel like we kind of get there. Um, but, you know, when we find Jesus, we find that, you know, he is our enoughness. That's it. We found him. We, we've reached the goal line because Jesus was enough for us. Mm-hmm. We, don't to, we don't have to be enough. Um, and uh, so that's, that's the general general overview of everything, uh, for the book. Um, and I'm still, still working on, um, some of the details in the middle parts, but, um, basically just, um, we are worthy because of Christ. We are, we are worthy. We are good enough. We are enough. Um, no matter what the adjective you put in front of that is. Um, I think that's an adjective. I'm not really sure about that, uh, grammar.
0: <laughs> Yeah, not my strong suit.
1: (laughs) I know, people are always like, but you're a writer, don't you? You I know, same
0: with me, and I'm like, sorry, I love content. I don't, I mean, I'm not the grammar, I don't even really understand all the grammar.
1: (laughs) Someone else will help me. I can spot it if it's wrong, but not not more than that, really. (laughs) But, well, I think it's just kind of a, a, it's just kind of a journey. I mean, it's not something that happens overnight. Mm. Even if you know Jesus already, um, it's not, it's not a realization you're going to have just overnight and wake up and go, oh, I'm enough. That's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not, you know, challenge over. Um, it's it's something that you kind of have to work through every day um, and you just constantly keep learning about yourself. Like that's one of the reasons I learned about the Enneagram is uh, it's because I can learn about the things that I am strong at, and things that I need to work at, like conflict. I am not good at conflict. I will run from conflict as fast as I can, can go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not my, not my area. Um, but sometimes, sometimes conflict breeds deeper connection with people. Sometimes that can bring you closer to people because, you know, you stand up for what you believe in, or, you know, you, um, confront someone about something that maybe they don't realize they've done or that they're doing. Um, And uh, so I hope that was a a good. uh,
0: Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think the the message, even though it might seem like, oh, yeah, I've heard that is a really important message. Because when you know that you're already worthy through Christ, you can stop spending so much energy striving mm-hmm. to earn your worthiness in every area you can think of.
1: Exactly.
0: And, and you're also right when you say it's a journey because yes, today you and I are worthy because of Christ. However, we still have to keep working through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, Because that's part of the journey and that's how we grow and that's how we flourish um, is by being real and honest with ourselves and giving ourselves to God and saying, okay, I don't need to strive for anything in this world because I'm enough in you right now. So show me what I do need to spend my time on. Show yeah. me where I do need to focus. And in my personal experience, that's exactly what God's been doing in me for the past like six years. Yeah. And it's so much different. And yet it's not easy still. And mm-hmm. I, I believe the reason why it's not easy is because I'm a human and he's God. And so while I can understand it, um, the actuality, the practicality of it all is very difficult. Um, And, you know, it, it is difficult more for me because I'm constantly going, okay, Vanessa, 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 yes, you're doing this work. Yes, you are growing But you still don't have to try to be perfect. You still don't need to strive for this enoughness because you are still doing it, even though you're trying not to, you know? Oh, and that was, I remember the thing I wanted to say a while back, which was, I think it's important for listeners and any, you know, anyone that's listening to this to know that whenever I am emphasizing Like we don't have to be perfect and you don't need to keep striving for perfection in no way. Am I saying you just stop caring about life? It's not about that. It's, it's about that shift instead of trying to earn something that's already yours. You're going to use all that energy to live in the purpose that God created you for. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean be a slacker because I think people think that sometimes when I say it and I'm like, oh no, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're focused too much on the world. You're, you're focusing on the pressures of life and God's telling you to look up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that that alone is hard enough. So, yeah.
1: And there's this whole identity piece to everything too. Like you know, are you finding, are you finding your identity in, in God or are you finding it in so many other things that are in your life mm-hmm. For your phone? I mean, come on, social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like I was talking about earlier, you know, when we're focused on, um, this like striving, like trying to find that enoughness and all these other things, um, I think for me personally, anyway, it kind of led to that people pleasing mindset. And I, I talk about in my book, um, it's, it's kind of more chronic people pleasing. It's, it's gotten to a point where it's much more detrimental to your life than you even realize that it is. Oh, yeah. Um, it's gotten such a foothold in everything that it is literally the foundation of all that you do. Like you've uprooted the foundation of God in your life and you've replaced it with this people pleasing one. Um, Absolutely can lead to a lot of
0: um, uh, destructive behaviors if we're not careful. Absolutely, I could not agree more. So how can we support you? How can we stay connected to your journey? I know that you write in a few places.
1: Yeah, um, I write, um, I try every week to have something up on my blog. Uh, If you are looking at my blog right now, there's nothing new up yet, but there will be by the end of the day. Um, And my blog is at Jennifer F. Riles. Um, That last name is R-I-A-L-E-S dot com. Um, And that's where my blog is. It's called Pen, Paper, Coffee. I love it. Uh, Because all you need is a cup of coffee and a pen and some paper and you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do a little writing with our local magazine here at the Roanoker. Um, it's it's a, about a lot more local things so if you're not from around Roanoke it may not interest you so much but <laughs> in an area that it's it might, it might be uh, for you um, and uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jennifer F. Riles um, the same same name uh, I live more on Instagram regularly than I do on Facebook but uh, I do have some things on Facebook also
0: wonderful and, okay
1: yeah and before I go, I want to mention this. Uh, if you want to support me, I would love to have you on my email list. Um, go subscribe to my email list. Um, I send out a weekly thing. I send out a monthly thing. Um, and the weekly thing is just kind of a collection of links um, just that I found helpful through the week. Um, and I usually put a little a little short reflection. This past week, it was that I... Uh, was watching my husband put up our Christmas decorations on November sixth, which is so much earlier than I ever put up Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. Same but this year. This year I think we deserve to have a little more joy mm-hmm. before Christmas. We're mm-hmm. we're allowed to we're allowed to feel that more than just on Christmas. So um, we did
0: the exact same thing. We've never decorated this early and we did it on Sunday. We decorated it and we're all up and it's cheery and I had the exact same thoughts like, no you know what? Who cares? We're just going to do it. We're just going to enjoy it right now. And I've got my, you know, Christmas oils in the diffuser. Mmm. Smells so good. (laughs) (laughs) Anything we can to have a little bit more joy right now, right?
1: That's right.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was great.
0: Hi, friends. I'm so glad that you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support this podcast and its message, any contribution would be greatly appreciated. I've decided that if we can get up to $300 in the first 60 days, I'll send a special gift to all those who have contributed. To donate $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99 a month to this podcast, Simply click the Anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the Anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says Support. Select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact in the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.